Oh, Bryce won't be able to come. He's has dad stuff. Okay, just checking. He has some questions up here, though. Yeah, so. he had some good questions that I was thinking of asking, and he already yeah. got them. Yep. Oh, we can steal it from him. Oh, we were supposed to like plan ahead. Yeah, we're supposed to do homework. We're supposed to write an essay about what your character learned on the adventure. <laughs> um, what campaign was this for again? Moral lessons. Oh, you know the one we worked. I went to the moon and uh, fought moon Woo! dragons. Moon dragons, and we fought over space rocks. And yeah, it was and great. Fun. Your character was just oh, just so violent and. I was amazed at the bloodshed that you yeah. spilt. Actually, this is the legendary frog cast. I am your host, Joseph Blanchett, and this is another crossover with our D&D podcast. Um, legendary frog cast play D&D together. And uh, usually when we finish a campaign, I like to do a, a little review podcast with the players. For the smaller ones, it's usually just me talking uh, in like a solo podcast, but this time um, I just wanted one more session with the players so we didn't spend hardly enough time together. Um, so when we finished our Dragons of uh, Stormwreck Isle campaign, I find them along for the review podcast. So, with me is Super Bunny Bun. Speaky. And uh, returning first time on the podcast, um, was in a uh, DD game last year called the Song Citadel. We have Shortstack. That's me. Hi. And um, a voice you've probably heard in some uh, Legendary Frog cartoons. Um, we have Miranda. Hey. Hey. Um, you did the voice of uh, Lindsay and Nova for us. Yes, I did. You know, Wonders of the Universe. And uh, you joined us for this DD game. Sure did. It was great. Oh, well, podcast yeah. over, I guess. That's what we <laughs> you weren't um, coerced, coerced at all. We also had Bryce, who's a regular on the uh, on the D&D podcast, uh, on the D&D um, games, but uh, he has dad stuff to do, so he couldn't make, he couldn't make it this time. But he's with us in spirit. Um, I shall do his laugh. Or, um, and his uh, <laughs> mannerisms. So it's like he's here. Aww. Right, so, um... I summon seven wolves. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with him. I'll never forget the time where, like, it was kind of the first time I had a mini-boss, and he went, I got this, um, so I got this new ability, I summon animal, I'm going to summon 16 wolves. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to summon 16 wolves. And I was like, okay. <laughs> and of course, the, all, the, all, the, all the wolves kill the boss in like one turn. Oh, beautiful. Yep. And I've said this before, but that's when I learned he doesn't get to choose. I get to choose. <laughs> so if, technically, if I wanted to, I could say, you summoned 15, um, 16 ants. Um, it's nothing against the rules say I couldn't do that. Hey. Yeah, he he is no longer allowed to have any summon spells, much like how <laughs> oh, I'm not allowed to have fireball. <laughs> yeah, whatever we did that in the future is much more reasonable. Because, like I said, hey, you can probably summon like one or two big animals, but no with the sixteen wolves thing. <laughs> anyway, 
a few weeks ago, we started um, the new starter set game, uh, the um, Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. Um, it's it's the third, um, it's the third star set that Fifth Edition's had. Um, I know I've ran both of the other ones, and I said, "Well, it's kind of tradition now after run the next one." Um, so I I got some newer players and some returning players. Uh, Miranda being the newest player. Um, have you had any experience with tabletop games for this? Um, very, very little. I actually, uh, did a, like a one-off, uh, evening thing with, I'm not sure you'd even call it D&D, but it did involve dice and character sheets. I mean, it's tabletop roleplay, definitely. Yeah. And a short stack, I know you've played a game with us, but like, I, you're, you're pretty newer to D&D as well, right? I wouldn't say new, but I would say novice. I'm still not familiar with all of the rules. I've played with my friends on their Twitch stream before, but I'm, I'm still, I'm still learning. Mm -hmm. And Bun, you played first edition, so that's how old you are. (laughs) Yeah, that's me, the old guy. Um, so where do I start with this? Um, I guess the first question for the newcomers, this being a starter set designed for new players, um, did you think that this was a good introduction to D&D that kind of eased you in to what the game could be? See, I'm asking you questions here. You didn't think this was going to be an interview. <laughs> like, um, did you feel at any point feel like overwhelmed? Like, oh, this is a little bit too much for a brand new player. I Things think like it was that. really nice for uh, an intro, it, if a bit short. Um, it it was pretty easy. Uh, I mean, it took brain function, of course. <laughs> But um, from this is just from my perspective of having played before, though. Mm-hmm. Miranda, I'm I'm sure you have more insight to this. Yeah, like I know you were kind of learning, kind of as we went. Um, but at any point, did you think like the the adventure itself was like too overwhelming for a new player, anything like that? Uh, no, and I especially appreciated the um, kind of. Not entirely pre-made, but pretty much pre-rolled characters. Um, that was helpful because I'm sure that would have been completely overwhelming just to see the entire list of options. Um, kind yeah. of having a general case, shape there. Yeah. Yeah, in your case, I was like, oh, I think you should probably do one of these pre-generated characters. It has everything you can do right here on the on the sheet. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't have to worry about. With like uh, with monkey, yeah, these like key points you use. Don't have to worry about any of that. Um, but you did mention that you thought it was a little short, and I kind of agree with you. Um, I kind of wish this adventure was a little longer. You just got our groove going. Yeah, yeah. It feels like we just got going. We just got used to each other, and then it's over. I, I can imagine that if. If a group decided to like speed run it without uh, much in the role play, they could probably have finished the entire thing in like six hours. Yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah, one thing I, I was kind of thinking, um, yeah, right when we really we, we reached level three, 
Um, and everyone got their fun new abilities, their subclass. Like, that last area really isn't that long. And I was like, oh, you only, only spent about two hours, actually, at level three. Um, yeah. And that was that was a little disappointing. Because um, the other star set was, like, to level five. Um, it took us about 15 sessions to do that one. Um, and then the one that Bun was a part of when we started the podcast, that one lasted like 16 or 17. That was a oh, long dang. one. Yeah. That'd be nice. Be nice. I'd love to play with you all again. And this one seemed, uh, it, it seemed similar to how uh, Adventure League works, where uh, each, um, like, each, uh, session is intended to be like a single quest and yes. after the end of every quest you end up getting a level up uh, and uh uh not not intended for uh for a long-term campaign kind of thing yeah pretty much they even had adventure uh, league rules for this and the basis said yeah every chapter is a, a level um did you, did you think that it felt a little disjointed um like I don't know how to explain it. Like one quest, you're saving mushroom people. The next quest, you're in a sunken ship, and then you go to an observatory and fight a dragon. Uh, do you think that the the narrative that was um, kind of told in Dragon's Rest was like um, like it, it made as a, a, a cohesive story throughout? Hmm. I don't know. It everything happened so fast. I would have liked to have more time to feel it out. Like, uh, oh gosh, I need to think of an example. Somebody else take this up. I, I do wonder why it took her almost five days to point out that uh, somebody wandered off and hasn't been seen since. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Uh, it, it also... I, now, it was difficult to tell from all of the maps uh, of like... Was this pretty much a dead island, or was there like, uh, yeah. like landscapes to it? And yeah, because the map was all rocky and mountainous. Yeah. Um, so I, if, if there was nothing on the on the place except for a cave and shipwrecks and uh, what yeah. used to be a lighthouse, then um, they, I, I could understand not having much in the way of exploration of the island uh, because yeah, we pretty there's, much there's just circled around it all the time, but. Yeah, uh, um, there's been some criticism against some recent uh, fifth edition books um, that, uh, like, the, the writing and stuff isn't quite up to par. There's or there's not enough connective tissue between uh, events that happen in the book. In this one, I kind of got the impression that they got like four different people. They said, "Okay, write a little adventure that'll take about three about." two or three hours to do and uh, we'll figure out a way to connect them. Um, that's kind of what I got the impression of. Yes. I think it was just missing a, uh, a bit of filler or like sub quests or something like that. Yeah. Uh, just li little things to run into uh, apart from the, um, uh, the owlbear, uh, which we'll, you know, uh, we'll bring up in a minute, but. Uh, I was going to say, think... what does the owlbear have to do with anything? Right. And I would right. love to know that's after story. Did somebody come and take it and train it? And <laughs> this is kind of live there. Scratchies? Yeah, so um, they, there were 
quote unquote random encounters in the little book. There's only three of them. Um, the first one was supposed to be you're ambushed by kobolds. And um, I was like, well, you don't, I don't want to run into more kobolds. There's already enough in this story. <laughs> Plus you're like, you're thinking the ones that dragons rest are your friends. Um, so you don't want to like go and kill some, some evil ones. I kind of want to keep them separate like that. So that's when I thought of the, um, the cultist and the pseudo dragon. Uh, that was not in the adventure. Yeah, that was my question was, how did you come up with the pseudo-dragon? And also, it was adorable. I loved Cranberry. <laughs> well, well, how did I come up with it? Well, I'm just a genius, a narrative genius. <laughs> Obviously. No, actually, I was thinking, okay, this is the Dragons of Stormwreck Isle. There's not enough dragons. Um, so I'm going to add a cute little one. <laughs> that, was basically, that was basically my, uh, my thing. Um <laughs> The other encounter is, I think I mentioned this at the end of the other, at, at the end of the game, but uh, you run into a hot spring where a dragon has died, and some of those um, like steam dragon elementals were there, uh, but it was super similar to the um, the thing in the cave. So I was like, well, this is just kind of boring. Um, and then the owl bear. So was, there was only kind of three little encounters to do. And they all seem kind of repetitive to what you do in the adventure in some ways. I, I like that the Albert, um, it, it it gave a good example that you don't always have to murder everything yes. uh, to get through. Uh, though it it seems like that there was a there was a storyline that had already taken place there and we wandered into the aftermath. I think the idea was like a circus ship like crashed on the island. Yeah. And yeah, there was a crash. Everybody died, and we got the uh, we got the, the yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like I said, this, this and everything. Sorry, go on. Oh yeah, it's like I had the circus stuff on. Um, yeah, that's why. Um, this isn't. This is just from the adventure itself, because like, like a, playing D and D with friends is always a good time, and they like make it what make it like super fun. Um, but yeah, this is kind of a short adventure. Um, with not a lot to do in between. What I like about The Lost Minds of Fandelver, which was the first star set, is it kind of gives you a uh, a glimpse into every aspect of D&D, which I, I think maybe you guys would like to um, would like to play sometime. You and um, Shorsak and Miranda, I think you would have fun with that one. Absolutely. Hmm. Like if I could find the time to maybe run that, I might do that again. But um it, it like you start off with like a little like dungeon crawl. We didn't have a lot of like dungeon crawl in this game, um, but then it goes into a town where you get side quests. And you actually get side quests, like just optional things to do. Um, but then you have these inner like these other areas, which seem a little separate, but they all have the uh, a common theme among them that they're all working for like a big bad guy, and that's when it. Uh, concludes with like the last area of the game and you really felt you worked up to it. Like you found all the secrets, you found this location, like and now you're ready to to tackle the bad guy you learned about. And um the downside to this chapter based thing is like what you mentioned before, um like the book doesn't even mention the King Killer Star until the last chapter. And I was like, oh I need to make sure the players know there's kind of a ticking clock that's kind of happening here. Um, but there was nothing to give a hint about, like, um, 
like the evil wormling trying to harness his power. Like you have to save that until you actually get there. Um, we never mentioned the bronze wor- wormling. So I kind of stuck it in there earl- earlier that one of the kobolds missed him. Um, but yeah, yeah it, it was, okay. it, was, it seemed weird that Runara was just like, it's like, yeah, my apprentice disappeared, probably got himself killed, but let's, uh, let's have a nice discussion about, um, about other things. Yeah, I guess there wasn't quite a ramp up to the end boss. Um, uh, there was mention of the blue dragon uh, from ages past, uh, uh, but uh, no, nothing. You learned that until the yeah. last chapter, like when she finally revealed herself. Yeah, so it's like the end section almost felt like just another module section. Mm-hmm. So that's why um, I was kind of like, "Why are we fighting him all of a sudden? We just got here." Yeah, I think the idea was that Renara is just kind of secretive, and since she's like. Thousands of year, years old, she just learned to like keep stuff to herself, which, which was kind of my take on it. Um, well, she has a dragon. Yeah, she has a dragon too. Um, but then, like, why didn't anyone else mention anything? It's like, yeah, we had a few guests that kind of wandered off and never heard from again. <laughs> they seem awfully calm about it. Well, at least with the kobolds, it's like they, they wouldn't really consider, like, well, and uh, isn't it obvious? Or, um, or well, you didn't ask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing with the pre-made um, characters, which I liked, is they gave each character a purpose to come to the island, and um, kind of each one kind of ties in with one of the areas you go to. Um, and uh, Miranda, with yours, it was kind of more of a not connected to any areas, but to an NPC of the game. Um, so this is where you kind of, I think, altered it to your to your own liking, which is which is good. That's what you're supposed to do in games like this. But um, the adventure sheet said like you're after treasure that you think this guy has stole. Um, but when you actually got to the point of confronting him, it was actually about like how do you leave the life of crime because your character was part of like a a thief's guild. Uh, what 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 made you decide to change that little aspect? Um, I think it just came out of talking with you. Like, to be honest, um, it wasn't until after that session that I was like, "Oh no, was that the truth? Should I have like rolled to see if it felt like he was lying, or because I wasn't sure if there was going to be more to it than that?" Um, yes, I, I remember like one of the first first couple sessions. You're like, "I don't know how to do this. Like, what am I supposed to do?" Um. I was like, no, it's like, don't worry, I'll give you the opportunity. Um, but like, I kind of got the feeling that you're trying to. I think you said you were trying to play too much like a video game, like trying to find clues and. Yeah, I was just like, like I was prepared to be like, do I need to get a hint from him? It's like where he would have stashed the stuff, or. Mm-hmm. Um, I also felt a little bad that I, um, nobody really knew why I was there because I didn't say it. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that's okay. Like, deep down, we all kind of know we're just here to play D&D. <laughs> um, that is true. But yeah, one of my... like, I wouldn't but... have said this out loud if they asked what I was here for, so I won't. Yeah, so like, that's one of my rules of, of, of games I run. Um, you as a player are here to play D&D. 
unless you have a really good reason, your character is going to do what the plot says. <laughs> Something that I've always, I, I've always questioned uh, for, for a long time that it, um, if um, at least with, um, I would like uh, with rogues anyway, uh, it's why would you tell anybody that you're a rogue or what your actual intentions are? Mm-hmm. So I, I, because the moment that you find out, Oh, you're a thief. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to tr- keep trusting you. Yeah. That's why I hate like ed- the edgy rogue character. Um, I guess cause I maybe heard too many, uh, RPG horror stories, excuse me, about like edge Lord characters, but they're mm-hmm. always like, yeah, I'm too cool to think this is a good idea. I'm going to steal all your gold when you're not looking. Um, and they just like, just go against what the players are trying to do all the time. It's like, that's no fun. Yeah. But essentially that you don't have to tell uh, everybody in the party, what your true objectives are, uh, especially if they're, um, uh, if there's something that we would end up questioning the, uh, the motives for and such. So uh, keeping secrets to your, uh, to yourself and away from the party is, is perfectly okay. um, Depending on what, what they are and such. Yeah. So, so, so the way I play that NPC is like, um, like when he finally started confronting about, it's like, hey, you used to be part of this thieves guild. Um, I was all ready to be like, oh, you trying to kill me, huh? Trying to steal me treasure, trying to do that. <laughs> oh. uh, but you're like, oh no, I just want, like, I want to just know how you, know how you did it. And I was like, oh, that's actually kind of refreshing. Um, it kind of fits in with the theme of this module a little bit of how Runara like did something violent in the past and is trying to repent for it. Um, oh, that was more along the lines of like I would have no way to combat this guy. I had zero <laughs> combat skills, <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. no, no, we're good. He wasn't gonna fight you, but it was one of those <laughs> cases where it's like when he's confronted about it, he would have said like, "I lied. There was no treasure. It was mm-hmm. just a way for uh, people to get off my back, like search for the treasure, not me." <laughs> you know. Mm. I buried it all in one piece. <laughs> put it up into four pieces. It split it around the globe. And now that's the adventure. So here's some questions that Bryce asked. Because um, he's not here, but he asked some questions. One of them was, when, if ever, did you stray from the module as written? And how far? Um, yeah, not much. It was mainly Anyone else want to read this to me? So it's like I'm not just talking to myself. I can do that. Uh, okay. So the first question again. Do it in Bryce's voice. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. I can do this. I can do this. <clears throat> I say as I scroll too far. Um, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. First one was um, how how far do we stray? And the answer was really just the pseudo dragon part. Um, what were the most? What were the the? What were you the most upset we missed finding? Um, you didn't really miss much. I found the text. I can read it now. Okay. Uh, which, we... which part were we on? Uh, how did our newbie enjoy it? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up, yep. Perfect adventure. 
Um, although back to the previous question, um, I it seems like we did miss part of the final section of like the the observatory. Um, yeah, you didn't go there, but that's why I kind of summed it up near the end. Um, say because really it was just like hints to do the um, like the puzzle on the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of like what was in that bridge that he had to activate. And the other section was just where the other other kobolds lived. Um, and he would have to deal with them if he went in that direction. So you actually didn't miss much. If I remember right, there were a few items to help give us an advantage. Uh, but... Yeah, like you, you find like the lightning resistance potion or something. Um, yeah. Which uh, the dragon never ended up doing lightning breath. Because my rolls are horrible. <laughs> yeah. And I also think the map was scaled up too much. Um, because the the block said every block is five feet, but when I but like in roll twenty, um, every block was ten feet. Which seemed to scale pretty well with the artwork, but then like the dragon was so far away that he couldn't do anything. Um, like when you uh when you uh, bind him to the ground, it's like he, like his lightning breath wouldn't even wouldn't even, even have hit you. So um, I don't know. I'm not sure which which one was supposed to be. I guess the book said five feet, and that's what it wasn't. What that's what it wasn't. So anyway, um, let's start with number one. If uh, not, Bryce could. <laughs> I think this was too short for a starter set. There wasn't enough time to play with your neat level three stuff, and not all characters even get neat stuff until later. Additionally, fourth level usually gets a feat, which is fun to have and use. That's that's my Bryce. Okay, you're exactly right, Bryce. Um, yeah, I've, I've talked before. You didn't spend enough time with level three, and that's where where a lot of classes get their cool stuff. Um. And yeah, playing with feats are always fun. Level 5 is always fun because you get extra attacks. Um, it was good for a... Like, this is a short adventure. Um, but I wish... I think a Star Wars should be a little longer. Actually, short stack, um, how do you think this compares to uh, the other game we played? The Acela uh, Citadel, which um, was, was, again, a level 1 through 3 <coughs> module. Um, but it was more of like a dungeon crawl, like an old school dungeon crawl. Yeah, um, well, things made more sense there because it was more linear. Each uh, encounter was, uh, you know, led into the other. Uh, mm-hmm. It made sense a bit more. Li- well, I already said linear, but linear. Yeah, there's something nice about exploring, and um. You know, you might run into some like a powerful enemy because in that game you actually like bypass a couple parts that could uh-huh. have like monsters in it. Um, Go us. Yeah, it's, it's definitely progression in a game like Sun Citadel, where uh, you know you have the kobold levels, you fight the goblins, help the kobolds, you do some mini quests for them, like like find the little yeah. dragon, um, and then well, when you get, and I then guess... when you get, oh sorry. sorry. No, 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 you first. Well, then you go deeper, and, like, you start to learn more of the deeper plot about what the bad guy's doing and how it connects with everything. Yeah, exactly. Well, 
I would, <laughs> if I had to make a comparison, um, our previous campaign would be like Columbo, where you could figure out the end by the end. Mm -hmm. And our current campaign is like Murder, She Wrote, where th the end came out of nowhere. I disagree. Yeah, and it had Erky. Yeah, <laughs> Erky. Yeah, yeah. I'm not not sure if I'm a fan of this chapter based, um, like campaigns like this where they're kind of not connected, and then the end kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, yeah. Because we played the uh, a Dragon of Ice Fire Peak on this podcast, and it was similar to this, but it was a lot longer. Um, where you do have these kind of random quests. Uh, but then eventually they do kind of interconnect where you realize that these cultists are kind of behind some bad stuff happening. And it kind of ends with you, uh, you know, disrupting this cult, exploring some areas. And then, like, but your ultimate goal is always there's a dragon that's attacking the town. So you have to go take care of it. Um, so at least in that case, there's always a goal of, yeah, the end goal is to fight that dragon. In the meantime, you have to solve some other little problems. Um, and I think that worked a lot better than this one. Um, For sure. Because like you said, it, it seemed like, well how, well, how are we supposed to know that like that, that observatory is like the end goal for this campaign? And there's a, you, there's a little bugger dragon there that's doing that's doing a, a ritual it's like there's nothing leading up to it yeah uh, i'm glad you get my my comparisons yeah. because yes it's very much like that i wonder what would have happened if um the uh, the wizard in our party would ha uh, had a a desire to go to there uh, since day one because they were looking for their friend what would have happened if we ended up beelining directly towards the observatory well i think that's why there's a bridge uh, that required a um a key ah go for, go for a sierra point and a point and click um at wall block yeah um, we, had to, we had to solve uh two or three puzzles before we got the needed item so so i do think each one of the chapters were good like i thought like especially the um especially the sunken ship i liked a lot um with the with the undead and the zombies and the harpies um like the the cave the the uh, mushroom cave was also pretty good um and the observatory was good for like a little like boss fight um there's not a lot of stuff going on there so i, I do like the individual locations but yeah like it didn't seem like a cohesive um, campaign. Uh, what does uh, number two say? I think we kind of covered most of this in the first section. It's like um, he he did like Bryce did like the uh, kind of the home base that you go back to each time, so you don't have to worry about traveling and sleeping and stuff like that. Um. That's the way it kind of was in Ice Spire Peak too. You had this town you you went back to after every mission, or you had like a somewhere else you could stay. Um, so yeah, it was good to have a place to go back to. There uh, and back again. Yep, he liked how like you you do the you know the whole two quests you get you get to do them in either order. He liked that, even though I kind of asked you beforehand like which one you wanted to do so I could prepare for it. 
Um, he says, I haven't made an opinion on the final battle yet. I don't know if finding him sleeping made it too easy or if we were smart enough to activate easy mode. I think that we were good players and Revy entangling opening was genius, but the dragon could have passed. So combining a crit fail from a from portent, portent was devastating given Cal and everyone else and giving everyone else advantage, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so um, I definitely had fun with that final battle. Uh, do you think it, but I think you all would admit it wasn't very challenging. Yeah, but that that is one of the best um about the best lessons of D and D in all that uh, when the dice decide to hate somebody, it is going to hate <laughs> them very much. Yeah, I almost made. It's um, usually the players, but this time it was it was the boss. Yeah, so this like I almost like I should make the dragon be awake, so like. The opportunity I, I, isn't there for them to completely like we, decimate him in one round. We did manage to successfully bypass the kobolds by um through um th through social interaction. So like if they ended up starting a fight or something, I could see to have awoken the uh, the dragon. But we did yeah, so, sneak up on him. Yeah, so like I I kind of like that he was sleeping because it gives like well here's some like what like what do your players do in this situation because you could have um solved the puzzle with the statues and like rescued the the bronze dragon or before that and everything um so i think that's why he was sleeping and not just automatically attacking you um but yeah it definitely was like okay he caught me in this since that he was sleeping uh he he, he got he got copying like tangled up from the very beginning he couldn't do anything basically the entire combat um which is, you know, which is good for the players. So that's why, actually, there was there was an optional thing saying if the players left the uh, observatory and came back, or um, they never rescued the bronze wormling, um, then Spark Render would do his ritual in the main room. Um, so I said, okay, I'll just have him do the ritual in the main room, and then you know, everything will be. Everything will be good. Have a good boss fight. And um, it's kind of the same thing. It's like he just kind of got swarmed down by all the players. He wasn't really able to do much. If I had to change something, I would put some hostile kobolds um, along with the fight. Because having, um, having adds, having additional monsters to fight always makes things a little bit more, little bit more uh, challenging because the boss can... can have a round or two doing their own thing while they're while they're fighting the minions. Too bad we schmoozed all of them. Yep, too bad uh, they all like you. So if I had to change one thing, I would put some of the hostile kobolds in there that are like the like really loyal to the dragon. You know, kind of would have made the fight a little more dynamic. Uh, but usually, the first time I run things, I like to do it by the book. And unfortunately, that means sometimes it's a little underwhelming. I'm definitely a fan of um, of multi-person boss fights. Um, of like multiple enemy boss fights because they get to do a little more stuff. Can I ask a question? Yes, you may. Or would you like to wait until after Bryce's thing? 
I think that was about it. That was number four. Okay. What was your proudest moment of us? What was your favorite part of the story? I really liked the harpy fight. Yeah, um, that turned out great. <laughs> uh, I just loved when uh, Short Stack, your character, did the insect swarm. <laughs> when uh, when the harpy was on the edge of the boat. And so she just... It was all random. I didn't do this on purpose. Of course. The, the, like, because, okay, so... It has insect swarm. And they run in a random direction. It's like, yeah, well... Rolled a six for that, so yeah. So it's like I mean, okay, there's like a one in one in five chance this will happen. Yeah, the harpy <laughs> ran right into the water, um, and that was a lot of fun. And like being on the um, the crow's nest was some fun stuff too. Um, that, was, that was my favorite fight of, of the game. Eventually, but it was my, my proudest moment. <laughs> well, what Charm spells always make some, uh, make a, a fight more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, like that's why I, I like that fight because it does have something like a charm, which can disrupt players. Um, and uh, there was two harpies so that, you know, kind of made it more dynamic that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, she's putting me on the spot now if I can't think of anything. It's. It, <laughs> If I can't think of anything, it's like I was disappointed. Well, here, let me ask everybody else then. Bun, Miranda, what were your favorite parts of the story? Ladies first. I'm thinking. Okay. Bun first. My take down. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I, I think my favorite was the stuff you ended up adding to it, really. Uh, the uh, the pseudo-dragon uh, was an interesting little touch. It ended up uh, mixing very well with the written, uh, written material. Mm -hmm. And it also fulfills the ultimate uh, true goal to any D&D &D party, to have pets. Exactly! Yeah, people want to get pets. That's one thing I added to Dragon of Ice Fire Peak, is um, there needs to be something to do in between adventures. Um, yeah. So in that game, I added like a, a gang that was kind of like kind of where the town had to give like protection money to, and they're kind of like slowly taking everything over. And like, that was kind of a, a subplot of that game where um, just something to do in between the quests. Cause otherwise it would just be okay. You wake up time to go to the quest board and do a quest. Um, but in this case, like, it wasn't a lot, but I think adding the pseudo-dragon just gave a little bit of a, uh, of something that happens. It's like something that happened in between the chapters. And uh, that, that the players can get attached to, so. Um, I have anything yet? Think, um, that's in general. Okay. I think, I think my proudest moment is when you Got the pseudo dragon. Yeah. Yeah. It's so cute. <laughs> Little cranberry. It's printed on you. <laughs> Ruby is just like that. Oh my god, you're so adorable. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like that. I'm. Oh, you're so cute. Yeah. Oh, you have the, you have the birds, so it's probably like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> basically, how you actually do your birds. <laughs> Um, well, I didn't sing the pseudo dragon little name songs, so that's the only difference. But still, okay. Um, Randy, think of anything in this uh, in this average adventure, but 
very fun time playing. Do you think of a part that you enjoyed the most? Um, actually, the the thing that's really coming to my mind is a really good storytelling beat you had um, when we were on the boat and the last zombie upstairs got killed and fell down the hole. Oh, that was just that was just fun, yeah. And you just had it get yeah, chopped it, up, and it was very yeah. foreboding. Yeah, so I was like, wait a minute, this hole goes down to where this other monster is. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. So you're looking down, and then you see the body just disappear, and then a splatter of blood. I was like, uh-huh. oh, that's, that's great. <laughs> but very disgusting. Yeah, things like mm-hmm. that is, is um, there, when things like that like aren't in the book, but when you realize, like, oh, this is a good, like, storytelling moments it like it really adds to a lot um because like then you know there's something bad down there and like you're worried about what it is so like that's why i had um some characters do like perception checks because um it's like oh it's like you notice some splashing behind you but it's too dark to see what it is you see the remains of a zombie hand floating in the water it's like things like that mm-hmm. Right. So I think that um, kind of sums it up. So like I said before, <clears throat> I think if we were, if I got everyone's opinions right, good adventure could have been a little longer. Chapters were fun, but not very co- cohesive. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh. My favorite star set still remains the very first one, The Lost Minds of Fandelver, because it really does feel like an entire um, D&D campaign within five levels. Um, so that really gives you a taste of what, at least what, excuse me, at least what um, D&D was back in 2000, uh, 2013. Because uh, I think their philosophies kind of changed a little bit to be more because like a lot of their books lately have been very chapter based like like this was you know not a lot of exploration you kind of set down the road or the path that's given to you and I think that's been happening a little a little less and less with some of their newer books um, Waterdeep has a um, a pretty it was pretty good as well uh, but it it was much more complex as well yeah yeah, definitely got something for for a newer uh, a, a DM to play if they're as as fresh as the players that are joining as well. Yeah, so we, we played a campaign called uh, Water Deep Water Deep Dragon Heist, and um, really fun game. But there's a lot the DM has to do in between, um, especially in the early parts, to like um, make the world feel a little more alive because the book alone gives you. Like vague, vague, um, vague suggestions about like, oh, maybe this point you can do this or this, um, and then at some point the adventure like starts to happen. Um, the game I'm about to run for some for another group is uh, it's kind of like that where the in between parts like this kind of leads up to the DM to decide what happens. Um. Which is a good and bad thing. So that can be more dynamic, more personalized, but I have to really think about 
what I want to do. Do it all on my own. And you'll just have to uh, to watch and find out, audience. Yeah, so tune in for that one. <clears throat> so um, I want to thank uh, I want to thank all the players: uh, Shortstack, Miranda, Bun, Bryce, for um, playing this uh, playing this module with me. Absolutely, it was a blast. Honestly, uh, yeah. everybody was gem. Thank you so much for the invite and for everybody for playing. Yep. And that's always the case, even though we kind of have our complaints about the module itself, um, it always comes down to, it's just always fun playing uh, games like this with, with friends. Um, so that's why, like I said, in the game, like um, both of you are definitely invited to uh, new things we do. We just have to work out, um, work out what game it is and what players are going to be involved. And the, the most difficult part of any uh, any D and D campaign uh, schedules. schedules. Oh yeah, yeah. Dun dun dun. Real life. Ah. Yeah. Like I do, I do think that um, other star set would be good one to play. Um, I don't like. I don't really like running stuff twice, especially if they're kind of long. Um, but if enough time has passed, it can be kind of fresh. So, you know, we'll, we'll see about all that. Uh, plus, we have another DM in our group. But, um, again, uh, thank you for joining us on this podcast um, and listening to the game and playing in the game. <laughs> and we'll see you next time. Bye. 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 And you all level up. Nice. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. Again? Le- level 20. Woohoo! Finally. Yeah. What, what took what five games? God, too long. Come on, come on, man. That that was one line that uh, that I liked out of most of the campaign when you pointed out that Bryce's character has spent seventy years at level one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh <laughs> yeah, that was great. Over a weekend, he has gained four le- three levels. <laughs> it's always funny when there's like older. Uh... Older characters. It's like, <laughs> actually, in um in uh, acquisitions incorporated, the C team. Yes. Um, yeah, so like Rosie, um, mm-hmm. the uh, halfling uh, monk who's a uh, not who's um your grandma's grandma, or not your yeah. grandma's grandma, but on the rare occasions that she is, um, the the uh, justification they kind of gave of why she's level one is that like she's kind of starting a new life. As like this, uh, as this monk. So like that's why she's level one in kind of like a gameplay sense. It's like she's lived for for a hundred years, but she's like starting this new part of her life, and that's why she's level one. <laughs> Could also say they're out of shape, right? Or they haven't been doing anything for a few years. Yeah. What if the acquisitions incorporated game would be good for you guys? That would be so much fun. Yeah, I love I love AI. Yeah, like in a short stack, you like AI. Um, Miranda, you ever hear of Acquisitions Incorporated? I have not. Okay. Yeah, You're that's the, a uh, good, fun uh, D&D podcast to listen to, like on YouTube. Yeah, they're the uh, Penny Arcade. Oh. Um, they're kind of one of the first um, like live uh, D&D games. Yeah, but, yeah, like, like 10 like, years ago. Jeez. Yeah, they're actually like, they predate uh, Critical Role and all that. That's how I kind of got into D&D. 
is listening to them. Yeah, no, same here. I think the first one I ended up listening to was Unforgotten Realms. I know uh, my friend Dustin likes uh, Dimension 20. Yeah, they they have a a, 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 a hilarious series where it's um it's ba- it's called D and D High, where you're uh, all of the characters are basically at an adventurer's high school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what I'm worried about if I ran the uh, the, the acting adventure is like, oh, can I be funny as Jerry Hawkins? Hol- I don't think so. <laughs> oh. There's also Dungeons and Daddies. Where I've heard of that one, yeah. Uh, basically, a bunch of uh, a bunch of parents and their kids uh, uh, end up traveling to a D and D world in a station wagon, and all the kids end up getting uh, getting captured and taken away, and uh, now all the dads have to have to find them and stuff. And it's it, it's funny. Um, there's one. Uh show i was watching because i was like they're, they just started strixhaven 2 so i was like um oh maybe i should watch them see how they do the first part of the game and that's uh dork tales um they're pretty good <laughs> oh, and, oh oh and me and me and bun really like um, um yeah, arcade, Level arcade. Three. yeah um arcane arcade oh man you guys are gonna have to type some of this out yeah because i won't remember and i would love to listen to more D podcasts well, you know, um, if you go to <laughs> anchor.fm slash lfrogdnd. Um, I will link you to Arcane Arcade because they're they're really good. Um, but I think you, you know, if you want to listen to some of our old shows, you may enjoy them too. Yeah. Especially the um, the one me and Bun were in, uh, that, that Water Jeep um, Dragon Heist. I think you would like that one. We, we, had some, me. we had some fun on that one. Okay, so that one yeah, was very heavy role play. Yeah, oh yeah, a lot, of, a lot of role play until it wasn't. Until we were doing a lot of fights. <laughs> it was all role play until it was real. Yeah, and, and then um, the, the one we just finished, uh, the Wild Beyond the Witchlight. Um, it's like no offense to you guys, but that one was my my favorite game so far. Yay! <laughs> Sorry, you didn't quite reach the level of that twenty five episode game. You mean in our four episodes? <laughs> yeah, that was six. To be fair, to All be right. fair, it was only six. <laughs> it was only six. Yeah, in one game, we only played for two hours. Um. Anyway, uh, thanks everyone. For sure. And see you around. Yeah, see you around for next game. Yeah, touch yeah. everyone. Bye bye. Good night. Good night. Yeah. And we're done. Oh, everyone left. You know, you don't want to say goodbye. You stick around. Did you not want us to leave? No, this is, this is usually when like I end the podcast. It's like, oh, it's, 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 I mean, it's usually in the past. It's not that everyone logs off. It's I just thought... that we're it's just that we're done recording. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, I thought you had finished recording a little bit ago. Oh no, like well, kind of. <laughs> but then I realized this was kind of a good discussion too. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Oh no, no, I was still in my my podcast uh, cadence. Oh, thank you. Okay. <laughs> 
I'll have to remember that for next time. I mean, Bum left too, so did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually still recording. I should keep this in.